0: Who is the most famous person you have ever met? Think about it for a second. An airport passing, holding the door open for somebody famous. Did you ever want to take a selfie with them? Did you strive to get as close as you could to them? Who did you tell about it? Did you tweet about it? Did you post about it? I vividly remember a summer that I worked in California as a recreation attendant slash pool boy uh, at a hotel. And uh, I came out of my office. I had an office. Uh, and I opened the door and stand, the only person around the pool is one man holding his two-year-old son. And it was Rain Wilson, who is also known as Dwight Schrute uh, from the office. And he's standing there with little Dwight bobblehead in his hands. And uh, I'm shocked. And uh, he goes, uh, where can I get a towel? And I'm like, right over here and so uh as as an employee of the hotel we were not allowed to recognize guests who were famous as famous we had to treat them like everyone else um i think stories like this reveal that we have a desire to be associated with glory we want to be in the presence of stardom we want to borrow their glory for a brief moment But uh, the celebrities that stayed at this hotel did not want to be bothered with that glory. They liked to receive that glory, but they also wanted to live a life where people didn't bug them. In our text this evening, Moses experiences the presence of the most famous one of all, God himself. But unlike most celebrities, this one would not keep his distance. He would invite Moses to enjoy the splendor of his fame and call him into relationship with him. Unlike most celebrities, this one would be perfect and holy. Moses would be totally undeserving of meeting him, let alone fellowshipping with him. If you would turn, please, or look at your handout to Exodus twenty-four 16. Let's read that passage. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called Moses, to Moses, out of the midst of the cloud. There are two points uh, to our meditation on this text this evening. Number one, the holy God of the universe reveals himself to a people. The holy God of the universe reveals himself to a people. And point number two, the holy God of the universe calls a people to himself. He calls a people to himself. The holy God of the universe reveals himself to a people. This text comes to us after the people of Israel have been rescued from Egypt and had been led by a pillar of cloud that God provided through the wilderness to Mount Sinai. Here God would give his people his law and this would also be God's first major display of his glory to his people after bringing them out of Egypt. He had previously spoken to Moses in the burning bush, but here he would show his power and might through thunder, through fire, smoke, and eventually a cloud. And you don't know how bad I wanted to bring out the one last smoke machine the UBC still owns for this moment, but I didn't. If you ever need to borrow one, we do have it. God was claiming his people for himself. He was setting them apart By giving them his law. He was setting them apart by giving his instruction. And here on this mountain, he was putting his stamp on that covenant. He was signing the document, literally the Ten Commandments, to give to Moses. Remember, friends, this isn't the first time he revealed himself to mankind. In the Garden of Eden, man walked with God, talked with God, and desired to be with God. He provided everything for them, and it was paradise. It is what the world is searching for today, paradise. God's glory was naturally displayed, and mankind naturally enjoyed it. Satan tempted man by claiming that God's only command not to eat of the tree was to keep all the glory for himself. So man ate of the tree, committing the first sin and separating them from God's presence. God, being holy and without sin, could have crushed all of his creation at that moment and he would have been just in doing so, but he didn't. He desired to be in right relationship with his people once more. Mankind is the guilty party and yet we see in our text that God does not leave us in our misery of our sin, but reveals himself to us. This is shockingly wonderful news. Shockingly wonderful news. Do you treat your enemies like this? People that have turned against you, have denied you, or have spoken spoken poorly of you. Do you welcome them back into fellowship with you, or do you hold them at an arm's distance, possibly stopping communication? God does not do that, and God is holy He is perfect in and of himself. He is powerful. He is magnificent in need of no one. He didn't have to save Israel in Egypt. He didn't have to reveal himself on this mountain. But out of his love, mercy, and kindness, he reveals himself to his people. He is the famous one whom you and I are not worthy to know. But he doesn't just sign an autograph and move on down the line. He invites us to know him. God came to his people and dwelt amongst them. He revealed himself to them, but didn't leave them as mere spectators. He called these people to himself. He didn't just show them who he was. He called them to himself. Point number two, the holy God of the universe calls a people to himself. It is one thing for God to be present amongst a people. It is another for him to call this people to himself. It's one thing to watch LeBron James play basketball and display his amazing craft on the court. It would be a totally different experience for him, invite you to, for him to invite you to play. Or even be invited into his house. Or even to be invited to be his friend. And this is not LeBron we're talking about. This is the creator of the universe. This is God. God descends on Mount Sinai, and the people see the cloud descend on the mountain. There is fire and thunder and trumpets. It is a magnificent sight, an amazing experience. But God doesn't leave them with just the show. He calls the elders of Israel to the base of the mountain, and Moses to himself up in the cloud. Can you imagine this? This isn't a fairy tale. Moses actually went into the cloud to meet with God. Why? Because God called to him out of the cloud. God led them to this mountain where they get to enjoy the splendor of his majesty. He put on a fantastic show for them, but he didn't leave them on the other side of the screen. He invited them to meet the actor, to be friends with the director, to honor the producer face to face. He called Moses, and Moses went. Moses went, and then he waited six days For God to invite him into the cloud. And on the seventh day, the day which God had just instructed Israel to set apart for rest, God invites Moses to rest in his presence. Moses stayed in that cloud for 40 days and 40 nights, where God gave him the instructions for the tabernacle, where the Lord would dwell with Israel as they traveled. God didn't merely reveal himself to this people, he called this people to himself. He did all this recognizing they were sinners and wouldn't keep the commandments. He knew that. He just gave them all the commandments. And in, verse, in chapter 24, verse 3, Moses told the people all the words of the Lord, and they said, quote, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do, End quote. After Moses spent 40 days and nights on the mountain, he came down to find that Israel had fashioned a golden calf to worship instead of God. God adopted an adulterous people. He knew they would not keep his law, but praise God, friends, this would not be the only time God would reveal himself on a mountain. From our text this morning in Mark 9, we heard of another who would, not, who would wait for the Lord six days and ascend a high mountain. The cloud would once again descend on the mountain, and this time both Moses and Elijah would be on the mountain. And there's a key difference in this story, however. The one who led Peter, James, and John up on this mountain would demonstrate his own glory. The voice came out of the cloud telling these men, this is my beloved son, listen to him. God revealed himself once more to his people, and this time he came to live with them and to forgive them of their sins, He made a covenant with his people knowing they would deny they knew him three times in the case of Peter. Knowing they would even turn against him. Jesus remained sinless keeping and fulfilling the law of Moses. He would ascend another mountain and there they would nail him to a cross. Bearing the punishment that his people, the people that God covenanted with even back in that day, The people that he had brought up to the mountain, the people that he had healed, the people that he had spent years with, would not keep the commandments. And yet, he died on a cross bearing the punishment that his people deserved. He stayed in the ground three days and rose again from the dead, conquering sin and death. He then ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, waiting to come back and retrieve his people. There will be another trumpet sound one day. And for Christians, we await that with hope. God is calling you and I to repent of our sins and trust in this Savior, Jesus Christ, who is God himself. Have you done that? Are you still trying to obey the law or whatever other rules you have made up to make yourself righteous? Or have you recognized they will not save you? God knows your heart. He knew the heart of everyone. Uh, that was on that mountain. He knew the heart of all of his disciples. He knew the heart of Judas. God knows your heart, and he knew you would be a sinner before the foundation of the world. And he made a covenant with Israel. He knew you would be a sinner when Jesus died on the cross, bearing the weight of your sin. Now he asks that you would repent from that sin and trust in Jesus, that his death was punishment for your sin, and that he rose again from the grave. Have you done that? Have you turned from your sin? Have you stopped relying on the things this world is trying to sell you? The things your heart uh, invents as a checklist for righteousness. Turn from that sin and trust in Christ and in him alone. Talk to me, talk to anyone who's here this evening, who's a member of this church. We would love to talk to you about that fact. What does our response need to be from a text like this? I think we need to do what Moses did when he got to the top of that mountain. Stop and meditate on the revelation of God. Stop. How often do we stop? We don't stop anymore. The only time we stop is when we have to sleep and it's generally passing out in front of a TV, right? Just stop and meditate on the fact that God has revealed himself to you and rejoice in that fact. Next week, I'm going on vacation with Carolyn to her parents in Florida, and if I don't rest in the Lord while I am there, I will have failed. That means I need to spend time in the Word, time in prayer, and then time to reflect on all of it. Not just time in the Word, not just a quick prayer to check the box. Resting in the Lord and waiting on Him to speak through His Word to you. Which is point number two. How do we respond? We listen to Him. If you are a parent, you know that when you say... Did you hear me? Did you listen to me? We don't just mean, did you hear me? We mean, are you going to do it? Right? There is a difference. So when the voice from the cloud says, this is my son, listen to him, it's not just saying listen to the words he's speaking, it's saying do them, right? Listening isn't just reading, it is being aware of conviction and acting on that conviction. The children of Israel listened to the law, and then Moses came down from the mountain and they had already fashioned a calf. They heard it all. They said, we will do everything you said we should do, and then they didn't. Don't be like that. Listen to the Lord and conform your heart to his ways. And then number three, how do we respond? We worship. We worship. Recognize, friends, that God has revealed himself to us when we didn't deserve it. He could have been the clockmaker God that so many believe in, where he wound up the world and he let it go, but he's not. He reveals himself to us today in the teaching of his word, the teaching of Christ Jesus, who is the fulfillment of all the scriptures. So let's praise and worship him now.